Hi, everyone. Welcome back to my first season. Greg and I have never met, but he interviewed my daughter, Sydney, for this podcast. My first season was in Club Medic Stapa during the winter of 1989-90, and I was the nurse. I worked for Club Med for two years, and in those two years, I was in three villages, Ixtapa, Cancun, and Sandpiper. Some fun facts about myself. Number one, I did a stage to be a choreographer because prior to Club Med, I was a professional ballet dancer. Number two, I was supposed to leave for Club Med on October 18th, 1989 to start my first season, but I could not depart because the day before, San Francisco had been hit by the 6.9 magnitude Loma Prieta earthquake. Damage to the runways closed the airport and my departure was delayed until the end of the week. I finally arrived in Ixtapa on October 21st. And the third fun fact, I met my future husband during my first season in Ixtapa, and we now run a circus company called Trapeze Arts, based in South San Francisco. My name is Lily, and this is my first season. Lily, how are you? I'm wonderful, Greg, how are you? Oh, good, so happy uh, to meet you via Zoom. <laughs> Happy to be here. So uh, when uh, yes, when I had your uh, your daughter on and she told me about you know her parents worked for Club Med, well I just couldn't you know let that go. So I had to have uh, or I had to have and meet the mom of uh, of Sydney. Okay, because uh, your daughter's very quite famous. I found out when uh, when people started downloading her her podcast. She has quite the following. Yes, she does. <laughs> I noticed. So wow. So welcome and uh, thanks uh, for sharing your story with us here today. I'm my pleasure to be here. Yeah, you, you kind of dropped um, a little bit of a bombshell there in your first fact. What does it mean to be a professional ballet dancer? And it, please excuse my ignorance. <laughs> well, ballet was always my passion. I started dancing when I was... 11, 12 years old. And it was something that I aspired to do well into my adult life. And I did, I was very fortunate to be part of a youth performance company that literally traveled the world performing. We had summer seasons, winter seasons, where we did Nutcracker every every Christmas time. So I grew up literally twinkling my toes. It was something I wanted to do forever and ever. But my parents being very traditional and work focused as they were, I guess, insisted that I go to college and get a degree because they said ballet is lovely and wonderful, but you can't do it forever. What are you going to do when you're 30? All of those very grown up parent things to say. And so I went to college and I became a registered nurse. Very much, I don't know, I guess you'd say not really under duress, but I was there because my parents said I had to do it, not really because it was what I wanted to do at the time. But anyway, I went to school, got my degree, became a nurse, and then decided that I wanted to dance. And so I continued to dance with the ballet companies that I had been in. And then as I was in my late 20s, I guess about 28, I did something that one should not do when one is in the middle of a performance season. And I went on a ski trip and had a very bad tumble down the hill for all of those, those of us who are older in our years, we may remember there was a thing on television called the wide world of sports. And they showed the, the thrill of victory and the agony oh, of defeat. Are you, wait a minute. Are you saying, yes, I remember that clip that starts with a very famous wipeout of a guy on 
you know, two, I don't know if he was moguls, but it, it took forever yes. for him to fall. Are you saying you had a similar spill? Like I that? had a similar fall. I always say I was that agony of defeat guy oh, person. Okay. And I did that tumble down the hill, tore my ACL and that sort of ended the dance career that I had. But as they say, one door closes, another one opens. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to back you up to ballet dancing. Okay. I know a very little, well, I know a little bit about it, a little bit about it. Now, did from watching uh, Center Stage a million times. Did you ever see that movie, by the way? I did not. <laughs> okay. Anyway, great movie. <laughs> you, you, you should look for it. Okay. It's called Center Stage. If you love ballet and dancing, you will love, love. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to do that. Okay. So did you have the feet? Because I know that, you know, I guess... Not that you're picked apart when you're a ballet dancer, but I guess they're looking for certain things. So I know some people overcome, like they don't have the feet, but they still go on to become a great ballet dancer. So did you actually have the feet? I was very fortunate. I had the feet, but I didn't really have the legs. So I had to Okay, can you explain what that means though, the legs? My legs were not quite as long and thin okay. as one would want a ballerina's legs to be. Okay. So I did encounter obstacles but it was more about the shape of my body which is so sad that so much emphasis is put on physical appearance but that it is what it is in the dance world you can't be a basketball player if you're not tall so it is what it is so my feet were okay my legs could have been a little longer and a little thinner but I overcame the obstacles and I you know I I danced as with as you see a professional ballet dancer doing in the point shoes, hair in a bun, classical, all the way, very traditional. Four acts of Swan Lake, three acts of Nutcracker, two, three acts of Giselle, you know, the whole thing. We, that was that was what we did. Can Until, I ask you, uh, which yeah. do you have a favorite? Which was your favorite? Was it Swan Lake? Was it Nutcracker? No, I would say my all-time favorite ballet was Giselle. Giselle. Is that mm-hmm. a French production well they're not productions are based on who choreographs them and everybody has their own iteration and version of the ballet but as a performer it was probably my favorite one to be part of as a performer so were you working at a nurse in a hospital before clement I was. I was. I worked in a a few different hospitals in the San Francisco area where I was born and raised. I'm a native San Franciscan, which is a rare breed. My parents moved into the home where I grew up just before I was born. I always say I had a pretty boring childhood. One set of parents, one house, never moved and was born and raised in San Francisco, danced with a number of different companies in the area and also worked for a number of different hospitals in the area. And then now, it what, was that sorry, my agony. Of, huh? Sorry, I, I just want to jump in and ask what, what kind of a nursing practitioner were you? Did they stick you in the ER? Like what um, did you have a special pediatric? Oh, I was pediatrics. Definitely, definitely pediatric. That's the babies, I, right? Babies and kids. I knew okay. from an early on in my career that that was the direction I wanted to go. I just loved kids, still loved kids, babies, children. It's unconditional love. They need you because they need you. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so that's where I focused and have focused my whole nursing career. Okay. Now let's get into the Club Med. 
Now, did you? All right. Had you, had so you, had you gone there? Wait, wait, wait. Had you gone there on vacation? Had you? Well, no, not yet. So okay. we're back to that agony of defeat fall. You're torn ACL. I'm tore. I tore my ACL. I'm tumbling down the hill. I hear that pop, and I'm thinking, "This cannot be good." And so I realized that at that point, my dancing days were probably not going to go on as I hoped that they would. And so while I was recovering of sorts, my mother has, my mother was and still is through her. Sorry, uh, sorry, Lily, you got cut off there a bit. Can you repeat that? Your mother was what? My mother was and still is a travel agent. Ah, okay. And I actually was working very part-time in the travel agency where she was working. And so as a travel agent, one gets invited to things called FAM trips, familiarization trips. Yes. And Club Med had invited travel agents on a FAM trip to Tahiti. No way. At the time, Morea, a beautiful village. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah, beautiful village that no longer exists, which is so tragic. And so I was very fortunate to, well, actually, let me back up. Tahiti was a fam trip that I then extended. I had been on a trip over the summer to Australia and New Zealand and worked a stop in Tahiti on the way to or from, I don't even remember, and then extended my trip because I had such a wonderful time. And I thought, wow, this is a really fun thing. You play during the day and you work your job and you can perform at night. This seems like the best of everything. And it doesn't require quite the level of physical, physical dancing skills that I would need to continue working in a ballet company. But yet I can still be on stage and I can still perform and I can still satisfy that need. And so I came home and was still working at my hospital job. And then there had been the hurricane in Cancun, Hurricane Hugo Gilbert, one of those, I don't even know, you know, but again, they had a fam trip. They were inviting everyone back to the new, improved, rebuilt Club Med Cancun. And so I went there. Wait a minute. And hold up. Hold up. Hold up. You're dropping. You're spinning gold here. Are you saying you went to Club Med Tahiti and you went to Club Med Cancun? I did. Okay. All while <laughs> not as a GO. No. Just as a travel agent visiting on fam trips. Uh, but you didn't have. But but so you weren't even considered a, a GM then, right? Well, yeah, not real. I mean, GM. I was. I was. I mean, it was a, a short three day visit. I was a GM. And I was there to see the village so that Club Med could familiarize me with their product so that I could go home and sell it. Okay, question. At what point did you realize there was a nurse that worked in the, or a nurse or two that worked in the village? Was it in Tahiti or was it in Cancun? It was probably in Cancun. I think in Tahiti, I was just so mesmerized by the whole thing. I didn't even really quite understand what was going on. But I remember getting to Cancun And I was meeting the person who was the host of the travel agents, one of the sales reps for Club Med at the time. And she brought us all to 
the end of the village where the offices were at the time. And while, as we were walking towards the offices, a gentleman was walking out of the offices and she said, you know, hello, I'd like to introduce all of you to whoever it was, don't remember the name. He's the chef de village. And so me not knowing a thing about Club Med or understanding anything, I said to him, how so nice to meet you. I've heard the food here is wonderful. And everybody looked at me like, huh? Because I didn't know she said chef de village. I assumed he was the cook. And so it wasn't until a bit later that I realized the faux pas that I had made and the foot that I had put into my mouth. And then it was later on that evening after the show when everybody went outside and they started doing crazy signs. And I'm watching all of this going on and I'm thinking, okay, what is everybody doing? Why does everybody know what to do? And where was I for the rehearsal? And I just thought, this is the craziest, nuttiest thing I've ever seen. But that was the first day. By the third day, I thought it was the greatest thing that I had ever seen. By then I knew what the chef de village was. I knew that there was a nurse in the village and I knew that this was absolutely the life I needed to live. Okay. Now let's fast forward a bit. So do you remember how you applied back then? Cause the eighties, there was no internet. So did you have to place a call to uh, an office in California, New York? Well, I knew of, I knew I had friends that were working at the offices for Club Med in Scottsdale, Arizona. I don't even know if they still have offices in Scottsdale, Arizona, but I had friends who worked in the offices in Scottsdale. And so when I came home, I called and I had told them that I had been in Cancun. I had had such a wonderful time and I wanted to be a geo. And so also at the time, there was a Club Med sales office in downtown San Francisco, something else that doesn't exist anymore. And so between the sales office in downtown San Francisco and my friends who worked in the Scottsdale office, I knew of people. And so I contacted them and I said, I really want to be a geo. What do I need to do? And they connected me, I guess, hooked me up. They, when they found out that I was a nurse, of course, they were very excited about that because they, like everybody else, Club Med needed nurses. And then when they found out that I spoke French, that was just one more extra feather in my cap. Okay. Excuse me, Lily. You never, you didn't mention the French thing. How did, how did you know French? Well, growing up as a child, I went to the French American. No, I, my kids went to the French American school. When I grew up, I had to pick a foreign language at the high school where I went and I chose French. And so I I, took it. Wait, wait, wait. May I ask why you chose French? Because it sounds beautiful. No, wait, no. Let me back up. Gosh, things I haven't even thought about before. Why did I? When I was in elementary and middle school, middle school, actually, I went to a private school and I was French was the only language that we were taught. So I remember in sixth, seventh grade, I guess, my taking a French class taught by a, a very American person because her name was Mrs. McIntosh. And I thought this is so odd that Mrs. McIntosh is teaching French. But I remember the, the, 
the book and the lesson, voici le garçon. Qu'est-ce que c'est? C'est un garçon. And so I took French throughout middle school. And then when I got to high school, since I had already begun French, I thought it doesn't make sense to start over with a new language, so I'll just continue. And so then I took French all throughout high school and I just enjoyed it. And I just kept, you know, taking it year after year after year, even past the requisite two years or whatever it was. And then in my later years of adult life, prior to Club Med, prior to anything, I thought I want to rekindle my French language learning. And I found and signed up for classes at the Alliance Francaise in San Francisco and just decided to start taking French lessons again just for fun. So it was just this thing that I did long before Club Med, long before I ever knew it would be part of a job and long before I ever knew I would marry a French Canadian. But so when I interviewed, so then when Club Med wanted me to when I wanted to work for Club Med and was going to interview and they found out that I was a nurse. And then I said, oh, and by the way, I know that French is, is a language at Club Med and I do speak French. They were very excited about the whole thing. And so I, about three weeks after I had gotten home from the visit to Cancun, I had an interview with MJ Foreman, who is still around, actually. I'm still in touch with her. I believe she lives in Chicago. Uh, she was working at the Club Med offices at the time. And uh, we met in the boutique offices in downtown San Francisco, had my interview. And a few weeks later, the rest is history. Now, do you recall any kind of questions that uh, MJ asked you? I mean, you already knew what that the geos work seven days a week and 16 hours a day. Did she, uh, was it just, uh, did she ask for proof of you being a nurse or anything like that? She did. And she didn't asked me what kind of nursing I did. And if I was a nurse and I just, yes, I am. And I told her what what type of nursing I had done. And then she saw that I spoke French. And so she asked me a question in French that I answered in French. And that was pretty much the end of it. Okay. And now you also disclose some very interest, a very interesting fact during your intro that you're probably one of the only GOs that I know of that on their departure date could not leave because of a 6.9 uh, magnitude earthquake <laughs> that hit the, uh, you know, the place where they were living. So, uh, so this is, this is completely true, right? Like you're not making this up. You had to wait a week to go to your village because of an earthquake, correct? Yeah. No, I'm not making this up. And wow. for those <laughs> People who are baseball fans, they will remember that that was the World Series that they called the Bay Bridge Series ah, because that's right. it was between the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland A's. So it was around five o'clock in the afternoon, game two, I think. I'm yes. not a baseball fan. Yeah, no, it was game, it was a game two. You're right. Yes, very. Yeah, game true. two of the World Series, which probably saved millions of lives because. What would normally be a commute hour with lots of people on the Bay Bridge going to and from, everyone was at home in front of televisions watching the game. So the streets were very empty. And I remember I was actually in the travel agency where I was working part time. And all of a sudden, I saw the windows started to shake and my car outside in the front starting to shake. And I thought, hmm, we might be having an earthquake. Little did we know the kind of earthquake thing. And because it was the day before I was supposed to leave, 
my parents had planned for a going away dinner for me to, that night with all of my friends. And so subsequent to the earthquake were power failures and water shutoffs and all of those things. But my mother had prepared a very lovely dinner. So me and all of my friends went to my parents' house as planned, sat in the candlelight and ate a lovely dinner while we were all literally in the dark wondering what had just happened to San Francisco. Wow. Okay. Doesn't get better than that, folks. Okay. That's a, that's <laughs> Can't a, first, make that, that up. that's a first season story. All right. Now I have another question for you because it's, I find this very interesting that you speak French. So they sent you to Club Medic Stapa where undoubtedly you meet many Quebecers, one, including your future husband, and you realize you don't understand a word of, that the Quebecers are saying, even though they speak French. Am I, am I getting this right or wrong? You are completely correct. Okay. Yes, because uh, as, and I didn't realize when I, being a Quebecer, when I went to Club Med, I never spoke with a French person from France. I thought I understood French. And when I, so you had the reverse of me. So I find this very interesting because, and no one understood me. None of the French geos understood me and I didn't understand them. So I was just curious if you had a similar occurrence in your first season. Very much so. And I didn't realize because I hadn't been exposed to it before, that there was such a difference between what my husband calls France French and Canada French. And when he now, even to this day, when he speaks to non-Canadians, he says he speaks his France French. And I truly had no idea. I mean, I have gotten better at understanding the accent and I have certainly recognize the differences in the accent, but at the beginning, I couldn't understand a word he would say. And even now when he speaks to his mother who speaks very little to no English, it's, they speak differently to each other than (laughs) he speaks to others. That's right. Well, we're going to, we're going to get into the future husband in in a bit. Now you say you arrived winter 89. So do you mean, um, uh, so that was, uh, would have been October, correct? End of October, right. October 21st. All right. Do you, do you recall like your first week? Uh, I mean, you'd already been to club med, but still, was there any kind of club med culture shock there for you at all? Or you were used to, you were used to international guests because you went to Tahiti. And I mean, was there anything that stood out for you that was like, oh, this is weird. You know, actually it was the opposite. I got there and because I, I knew what to expect. And because I knew what I wanted, I felt like this is where I belong. And this is the place where I should have been my whole life by and being a performer. I loved the fact that I could just be out there and loud and social and talk to anybody. And I loved it. It felt so comfortable and so right. And I couldn't wait to to be part of it. And I think that if anything, people were surprised that I was a nurse, but I wanted to do the shows because I guess even now, I don't know, but typically the nurse is not one that's involved in the entertainment side of of Club Med. And the fact that I wanted to be in all of the shows, I think was very surprising to a lot of people. Yeah. I can say that I went to Club Med more to perform than to be a nurse. The nurse was the vehicle that got me there, but that's not why I wanted to go. 
And I'm assuming when you told the choreographer that you were a ballet dancer, they incorporated you into or some numbers with ballet. Am yeah. I right? Okay. Absolutely. Good. Good. Absolutely. And I loved it. And that's what I wanted to do. And, and the other, there were two nurses in the villages at the time, and we would work 24 hours on 24 hours off. And the other nurse was thrilled that she didn't have to be in the shows. So it said, you know, <laughs> I'll do them all. No worries. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> Now, if you could take me back to when I spoke to another geo who also met their future husband in their first season. So I'm wondering, kind of wondering what that's like now. Obviously, you didn't know it at the time, but you recall seeing and meeting your future husband for the first time? Or is it just too I, bl blurry? I very much do. So I was in the village about a month before he arrived. And I remember the, the way that the village of Ixtapa is laid out, and I believe I don't know if it still is, but the infirmary was right at the entrance of the villages. And so I was working that day in the infirmary when my husband arrived to begin. What I didn't know at the time is that there was no circus in the village prior to that time when he got there. So when I got there in Ixtapa in October, there was no circus yet. I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about the circus. I didn't know there was or wasn't. I don't know that I ever walked down the village far enough to know that there was or wasn't a flying trapeze there. I, I was had no oblivious to it all. And he got there about a month later. And his purpose of being there was to set up the circus with the circus team and Bob Christians, who was in charge of the circus programs for Club Med. And this was the inaugural season of circus in Ixtapa in 1989. So first they had to set up the flying trapeze, set up all the equipment, get everything going. Apparently there was a big ribbon cutting ceremony to open the program. I was part of none of it, oblivious, had no idea that any of it was even going on. But anyway, so he arrived and the person who was the chief of the circus at the time was at the front of the village to welcome him. And my husband got out of the cab. They walked up the steps. They introduced us. The Patrick, who was the chief of the circus said, this is Lily. She's the nurse. This is Stefan. He's the new circus geo. Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Off they walked. I went back and that was the end of the introduction. I then proceeded to go few few paces down to the bank or the reception area I guess they called it the bank where I had a friend working and I said to my friend I just met my husband no really uh-huh wow and and my friend said to me you say that all the time <laughs> and I said and no no <laughs> No, no, no. You say, that every, you say that every week, right? No, no. Okay. Right. You're like, no, no. This time it's different. Okay. That new circus geo that arrived, I'm going to marry that guy. And ah, wow, this is incredible. And that, that, that was, that was that. And wow. here we are 30 <laughs> wow. years later. Okay. 30 years. Wow. Congratulations. It's incredible. Actually more than 30. 
Okay. More than 30. I can't do the math. 89? <laughs> 20, 32, 33 he's not, he's years not, in? He's not listening right now. It's usually the guy that gets this wrong, right? <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Okay. We're going to get back to that. But do you, do you recall who your chief of village was? I was just curious, like, who the chief of village was when yeah, cir- Circus was, was introduced. The Jean-Pierre Grand. Oh, he was my first uh, my first chief of village. Wow. Look at all we're frowning we have in common here. Yeah. Right? He, he was my first chief in 94. So, wow. Uh, so uh, I guess you you spoke French to him when you when you spoke, correct? I'm guessing to practice. Well, yes and no, because his then girlfriend, now wife, Kimmy. Oh, Kimmy, really? They were American. together then? Yeah. They okay. were together then. Wow. And so I don't know when they got together, but they were together in Extapa when I was there. So she was American. I think she's from Oregon or something. I think so. so yes. So he was speaking English because of Kimmy. And so I think, I don't even know if he ever spoke French to me. I don't know. I don't remember, but. But you had time to, you had enough guests there to practice. And of course you were learning. Oh yeah. And and that's what I love. You were learning Quebecois from the Quebecois guests when you were eating with them, I'm assuming. (laughs) Yep. And I loved, and I loved being able to speak French. And that was the part that was so enticing to me because I loved being able to really expand and develop All right, having so, another language. So I'm guessing you you went for the you went for the shows, you went for the to speak French and and you went to, for for Luke, your future husband, right? This this is what I'm getting. Exactly. Okay. All boxes ticked. All right. Now getting in we're getting since you arrived in October, we're getting in the holidays. So I guess this is really the first time you were away from home for such a long time was it hard working your first christmas or new year's or was it just fun it really wasn't holiday i'm jewish so christmas was never really you know a, a big thing for us i mean there is people tend to think that hanukkah is the jewish equivalent to christmas which it's really not in terms of importance so hanukkah is much more of a you know, just sort of a lighthearted, fun holiday. And so it was fine being away. I, the club med is so good about acknowledging holidays and celebrating holidays that if anything, I had much more fun holiday experiences in the villages than I ever had at home. And what about new year's was new year's? New Year's was great because New Year's at Club Med is a huge party and a fun party. And so I loved being at Club Med for New Year's. Okay. Do you have any funny stories from your first uh, season? Any stories like classic first season geo blunders or anything uh, strange? uh, Somebody came into the infirmary, anything, anything like that? Well, I guess what surprised me the most or what I never quite understood is why people would come to the infirmary when they did. And part of me felt like because Club Med is an all-inclusive resort, they looked at the infirmary as infirmary as one more of those free things that they're entitled to. And so they just came because it was, you know, another activity they could do. But I would often get paged. And again, it was a page, you know, we didn't have phones or computers or any of those things. So the nurse carried a pager. And so if there was an emergency or if there was a need, we would get a page. And I would often get pages in the middle of the night, like two, three, four in the morning. 
from people who would say, I have a headache. I have diarrhea. I have an earache. And I would think, you know, like, I would just think, why, why are you calling me at three in the morning for this? This is not an emergency. Why couldn't you have made this known during the hours that the infirmary was open? And so I think that people just, I don't know. I, I, I never quite understood why, why those pages would come at those wee hours of the night, but I guess it was all, all part of the experience. So it's, it's like they wanted a checkup too, right? I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, while I'm here, I might as well get a checkup. While I'm here, I might as well just <laughs> you, see what all of this is about. Yeah. Can you test my BP? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So how long were you at your first season? Were you there a full six months, five months? It was six months because back in my day, they moved people around every six months. I think now geos stay a year, but every six months was the turnover, the months of May, the months of October, November, April, May, October, November. And so I actually, though I was in only three villages, I was in a few of them twice. So my path took me from Ixtapa to Cancun, where I did that stage for to be the choreographer. I was there for three months. And okay, well, okay, that you just dropped another nugget here. Okay, now, so you'd already worked as a nurse. Now, why did you want to switch to be a choreographer? Well, at that point, having had a full season as a nurse and having done the shows, I realized that I really liked the performing aspect of what I was doing. And so I wanted to get more involved in the shows and less involved in the infirmary because I had been a nurse and I knew I'd be a nurse again. And so I wanted to do something different. And so I had a wonderful opportunity to go to Cancun to do the stage. And we spent three months, I was there for three months Jose Aliel was the was the chief of the village in Cancun, which was phenomenal. Rod Frankel was working in the offices of Club Med and was instrumental and with John Shelley, who we all know and love. Yes. And was instrumental in creating this amazing stage where they took us to Cancun. We went to all of the excursions. We went on the way to Cancun. We stopped in New York. And they took us to see various shows, you know, like theater shows, Big Apple Circus, all of these different artistic experiences, because they really wanted the stage to be more than just, here's how you put a show together at Club Med, but to really bring in so much more artistic, creative things into the world of the shows that you're doing. So we had this wonderful experience that took us to all these places, but was ultimately based in Cancun. And then about three months into it, I got a call from the offices in New York to say, we need a nurse in Sandpiper. And I said, I don't want to be a nurse in Sandpiper. I'm, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing right now. I said, yeah, well, unfortunately, because it's Sandpiper, it has to be an American. And you are the only American who can go because the other American, there were, there were a few other nurses in, in other villages, but because of circumstances being the way they were luck of the draw, bad luck of the draw, I had, I had to go. So 
I had to leave my stage. I had to go to Kent to Sandpiper. And so then I did a season in Sandpiper. Then I went to Cancun again. Then I went back to Sandpiper. So now it's sort of all a blur how it all happened and how long, but ultimately it was Ixtapa, Cancun, Sandpiper, Cancun, Sandpiper. Okay. But in this time when you first saw your future husband said, that's the man I'm going to marry, did he ever wind up at Cancun or Sandpiper uh, doing circus? Well, yes, ironically. So because Club Med, well, let's see. When we were together in Club Med, we were never a couple. We were literally best friends. Everyone assumed that we were a couple because we were together all the time. Yes. But we honestly and truly were platonic best friends throughout the entire two years that our paths crossed at Club Med. Okay, I have just a quick question because Jean-Pierre was my first chief too. So in geo meetings, was it, uh, were you told, um, were geo couples uh, encouraged? If it, like, and and if, were they encouraged in a family village, I should say, like, did they care? Did they not care? Oh, they cared and they were extremely discouraged. <laughs> okay. Same as same, same, same for me. My, that was my experience. Yeah. Okay. I they was just they cared a lot. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and it. so it was, everyone assumed that we were a couple and yes. despite. Because you were talking to each other, effects. right? More than once. Right. So automatically you're a couple. Yes. I, I remember. <laughs> and despite all of our objections, it was, we were just put together. Yeah. And so at the end of the first season in Extapa, Stefan went back to Canada because he wanted to pursue a, a different life. And I, at that point was looking at something, you know, Cancun and all these other things. And so we were not in the same village. And so he went back to Montreal. I went to Cancun, but then at that three month mark, we, both ironically ended up back in Sandpiper. So, you know, my circumstance is the one that got me to back to Sandpiper. And he was at home in Montreal at that point, trying to pursue circus, but things at the time, ironically, there was no Cirque du Soleil yet. And so there really weren't a whole lot of circus opportunities for him in Canada. And so he reached out to Club Med and wanted to go back to the villages. And he ended up in Sandpiper and so did i so here we were together again and we didn't ask and so as it turns out for the remaining year and a half or so of our club med time we were in the same villages all the time and we didn't ask i mean and and it was geos who wanted to be sent to villages together were intentionally separated and we who didn't want to be in the same villages together ended up being in the same villages together. So I got to say at some point there was a force greater than us. That was, okay. Okay. You're saying didn't ask. So you did. So you did not ask to be uh, sent to the same village together. And, and by that you got sent to the same village, correct? Yep. It reverse, just sort of happened. Reverse logic. Okay, great. Good. I'm happy. It Good. just happened that way. <laughs> Right. So we were together in the villages, but not intentionally. Okay. And of all the, you know, the two times in Cancun or Sandpiper, do you have, uh, did anything, any, do you have any unusual stories, any funny stories, an excursion gone awry? Do you have, uh, you have any memories like that? 
I mean, obviously, I know I'm hamstringing everyone when I ask for appropriate stories. I understand. Yeah, that, so. no, and <laughs> and I think that for me, my stories actually were probably the opposite sort of stories because as the nurse, I saw the things that Club Med didn't want people to know about. I okay. saw, you know, the accidents and heart attacks and and yeah there's always heart yeah there's always heart attacks they're always like very young people i always found right. um you know doing a like water basketball and suddenly they get a heart attack in the pool uh, yeah right so i saw a lot of the the the, the unfortunate incur- occurrences that happened that were sort of not emphasized you know the people who would come on vacation and want to take full advantage of everything and sprain or break limbs or I don't know just this the the darker side of what goes on in the villages so you know I didn't get to go on any of the excursions per se or the the fun well sport things well wait a minute didn't they didn't they send a nurse on the picnic did you not go but interestingly in Ixtapa I had a a unique arrangement because because I wanted to do the shows oh got it we, I had a deal with the other nurse that I let <laughs> her go on. It all sounds the like she got the sweeter deal. I'm sorry, because, you know, I love the shows. I hated midnight rehearsal. So I think she got the better deal. She got to go on the picnics. You didn't, <laughs> you got to do right. shows. And she, she was fine with to. that. And I was fine with oh, that. Sure. She went on the picnics and I did the show. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? Okay. <laughs> Are you still in touch with this nurse? Because I think, uh, I think she owes you a big thank you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. In addition to the uh, the people you've already mentioned, is, is there any other you know employees or managers that stood out to you, made a good, good impression on you? You know, people that you know made a positive impression on you. Is there anyone like that you'd like to mention? I think that Jose Aliel made an indelible impression on me. To this day, when years ago when I was in France, he was still working at the Club Med offices and I visited him there. Stefan and I both, we were there and visited him there. I'm still very, very close friends with a number of the GOs that we, that I met. I think that the, the geo relationship is unlike any other. And unless one is a geo, you don't understand it. It's not like an, any other friendship because what you share, the experiences, the lifestyle, everything about it just bonds, bonds you together like nothing else. And so I think that the friendships that I have with a number of geos that I've still very much in touch with. And some of the GMs, I met GMs in Sandpiper, a family, particularly a family from France and a family from Ireland. And we are still very much in touch with these families all of these years later. And I think that's probably what made the biggest impression on me. And when Sydney was considering being a GO, I think it was these things that we still speak about and these relationships that we still have, that was something that really made an impression on her and might've been instrumental in her decision to do this. Okay. Now we're going to try a lightning round. Okay. So I'm going to need a quick answer. This is no, there's no prep for this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Favorite crazy sign. Holiday Madonna. Nice. Perfect. Okay. Now 
Do you have a favorite dumb question from a GM? Like, when's it going to stop raining or anything like that? Do you have a favorite one, one that, that you still remember that you got yeah, asked Yeah, I've got, I've got the classic one when okay. I was in Cancun. Which and is? for those who know Cancun, you're surrounded on three sides by water. Okay. Standing at the bar. Oh, oh no. Is this, is this and a... the question, where's the beach? Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. And you just told them and, to turn, and, turn, you know, just turn around. Is that what you did? <laughs> well, you know, and the cynical, sarcastic part of me just sort of smiled and pointed. Okay. Because had I answered verbally, I would have been fired. Okay. Did you meet any celebrities that you knew of? <laughs> I did, actually. Who? Um, and this one is not necessarily a, necessarily a celebrity for a good reason. When I was in Extapa, we were sitting at lunch one day and uh, a lovely young kid said, you know, going around the table, what do you do? Where are you from? The typical fire round of questions. And a very young kid said, I'm a clothing designer. Oh, really? He said, yeah, my name's Massimo. And he handed all of us a bunch of his then, no one ever heard of, shorts. And, uh, Fast forward 30 something years later and we're okay. watching the news and we're hearing about the college scandal and that's Massimo, same okay. guy. Okay, wait, you said young kid. So about how old was he roughly when you met him? Oh, he must've been in his twenties like I was. Cause I think okay. we're probably right around the same age. I'm 61. So okay. and he was already designing. Okay. Did not he know was that. designing. Yeah, young kid. Oh. Here, have some of my shorts. He gave his stuff to all the GOs because he wanted everybody to wear his stuff. And uh, all yeah. right. And besides uh, Jose Aliel, are there any anyone else that you you remember that you had a good time with? That uh, I don't know. You like their work ethic. You know, it doesn't have to be a chief of mm. village, but it could be a chief of sport, a chief of boutique, a, a choreographer. A, well, I I was the generation of. My first season was also Ryan Leach's first season. No way. Yep, we were I both. love Ryan Leach. He was my first chief of sports. What uh well, so you met him at Xtapa? I met him in Xtapa. He what was arrived he doing? as he was the animator and he no. showed up and he really didn't know what was going on. He, he came he was from the LA. Animator? Wow. He was the animator. And so we shared a fun first season together. And then when I went my second season. I met Hammer. It was his, maybe it was my second season. I don't know what it was for him. So my early years, I got, I was on geo teams with some pretty, pretty now known club med people. Okay. We can just take a few moments. If you can tell me what is Trapeze Arts? Trapeze Arts is a circus company that teaches circus and manufactures custom circus equipment, circus rigging, circus consulting with the skills that my husband learned at Club Med. He became a professional flying trapeze artist. We settled down in San Francisco. We opened up a circus school. He is now, ironically, what they call the circus expert for the North American zone of Club Med and is responsible for all of the circus equipment, rigging, manufacturing circus programs in the I guess it's about seven villages that make up the North American zone of Club Med. And so we're still 
very involved in the equipment manufacturing piece of it, as well as still camps and teaching and all of that. Oh, excellent. Yeah, if it's okay with you, I'll, if I can put the link to Trapeze Arts in your episode. Yes, please. That's uh, that's okay. All right, now yes. let's let's get back to Club Med. You did Xapa Cancun and Sandpiper. Now I'm going to ask you, was there any of those seasons, was one more memorable than the other? Was it your first season because it was your first experience or was it another one and why? I think by far, in hindsight, looking back, my first season was the most magical. At the time, I had no idea. I had nothing to compare it to. I didn't know how lucky I was that I got to go to Ixtapa first. I remember when I was hired by the Villa, by Club Med and they wanted to send me first, they called and they said, okay, we have an assignment for you in Sandpiper in our village in Florida. And I said, no, (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't want to work in Florida. I'm hoping to work for Club Med so that I can travel to other places. And, you know, kind of, if I, if I wanted to live in Florida, I would move to Florida, but I don't want to do that. So I said, no. And I think they were a little surprised that I turned it down. And then they called back a week or so later to offer me another village, which I don't remember which one it was. But at the time I was in the process of renewing my nursing license, which I needed to do before I left, because otherwise it was going to expire while I was gone. And I explained to them that I was doing that. And they said, well, can't you, how important is that? Do you really need to do that? And so I explained, yeah, I really need to do that because you're hiring me to be a nurse and I won't be a nurse if I don't do that. Yeah. You, you don't want the well, lawsuits. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> trust me. So I had to turn that assignment down. And so then they called back a third time with Ixtapa and they said, okay, how about Ixtapa? And I took it and I thought, well, I better do this because now I've turned them down three times. So if I don't take it, they're going to stop offering. But I ended up in Ixtapa, which I had no idea what beautiful place it is. It is truly a magical place. I've been back a few times on vacation and it's as beautiful and magical as it was then. And I mean, every village was great. Every village is wonderful and you have have different experiences with different teams. But I think Ixtapa by far will always hold a special place in my heart. Well, as fate would have it, I find this interesting. Do you think that had you not turned down Sandpiper and with the extreme prejudice, I might add, that you would not have met your future husband? Do you ever stop and think about that? For sure not. Oh, okay. Absolutely for sure not. Life works in very, very weird ways. And I definitely wouldn't have met him because then like now it's very difficult for Canadians to work outside of, you know, to work in the, in the American zone. So he wouldn't have been in Sandpiper. He eventually did do a season in Sandpiper. And that was only because Bob Christians was insistent that they get him a coveted, one of the very coveted work permits that they had, which typically they would not give to a circus geo. But because he was so talented and he and Bob had such a close connection, Club Med allowed him to be the chief of circus in Sandpiper, which was unusual for a Canadian. But so we ended up working together in Sandpiper. But circumstances, certainly we wouldn't have met otherwise had I gone to Sandpiper first. Fascinating. This is an incredible story, Lily, that you have here. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) 
It's uh, unique. It is. It is. Before I let you go, and because you've been so kind with your time, is there anything that I have forgotten to ask you uh, or something that you wanted to say about your clubbed experience? Or did we, we did we cover a lot of it? Oh, gosh, we've covered so much. Oh, no, that's okay. I think we got handy. on the highlights. Okay. You know, when you think about <laughs> a job that literally changed the course of your life, there's so much to say. I mean, truly, I would not be here today had it not been for Club Med because I would not have met my husband. I wouldn't have entered into a circus life. Owning a circus company certainly wouldn't have become my world. I was expecting to leave Club Med, go back to my nursing job, and that would have been that. So I can honestly say that Club Med changed the path that my life took. So it holds a very, very special place in my heart. And so much of what I do today and still so much of our lives are still very connected to Club Med. So hard to sum it up in an hour, that's for sure. And since your your daughter was quite an excellent geo, I'm I'm guessing that you would recommend it for anyone else as well who was I would. to try it, right? <laughs> Actually, a funny story related to my daughter. Yes. Um, a few years ago, we were all on vacation in Punta Cana and Hammer was there while we were on vacation. And we were all speaking. And so I was there with all of us and Hammer said, how happy he was that we were all together and how nice it was to meet all of us. And he said, okay, so Lily, you and Stefan, you are here. And imagine like somebody, if you're, if you're putting your hand on a tower showing, showing different levels and different heights, Hammer says, okay, you guys were great geos. Everything was great. And you guys are here. And imagine he puts his arm, he puts his hand at about the three foot height. And he says, but Sydney, she's here. And he lifts (laughs) his hand up to about the six foot height. Above you guys. (laughs) Above us. (laughs) And he said, no offense. None taken. (laughs) We are thrilled that she's as good as she is and happy to have that she's carrying on the legacy and doing us proud. But, you know, don't, I remember hammer, hammer, remember that experience very, very well. Uh, that's, we that's, loved your butt. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah we loved you. <laughs> well, you, you created her. I mean, it took two very, very, very good geos. You created excellent geo, right? So right, that's probably would have been so good if it wasn't for you guys. I, I hope that that's true. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> well, Lily, this has been an awesome time spent with you. I want to thank you for, uh, you, you You told me a lot, a lot of stuff I didn't know. I love your earthquake story. It was incredible. I mean, it's very unique and uh, I love happy endings. I uh, This has been awesome. Thanks again for sharing your story with us today. You are so welcome. It was a pleasure to be here and to share the story. And thank you so much for including me in your podcast. Thank you. Everyone, that was Lily from San Francisco, and we'll see you all next week. Say bye, Lily. Bye-bye.